While he was in Ottawa, he helped two teams to the Grey Cup in three years while Colin plays with two different quarterbacks. He is a tireless worker who is truly the first one in and the last one out. Along with his passion, work ethic, and creativity as a play caller, Jamie is a great leader who understands that football and the culture of a team is about people first. I feel he's been ready to be a head coach for years now, and he was the first person I contacted about our head coaching vacancy in 2019. Fast forward to last week, and he again was the first person I contacted for this role. Luckily for us this time, there was no team or league to prohibit him from speaking to us about this opportunity. With that, I'd like to turn this over to the new head coach of the Edmonton football team, Jamie Elizondo. Thank you, Brock. Uh, and thank you everyone for, for being here today. I'm really excited and honored for this opportunity to join the Edmonton football team, a terrific organization with a rich tradition of legacy and success. Uh, we would like to begin by thanking Brock Sunderland and Chris Preston for the support going through this process and the trust that they have in me moving forward. I remember when Brock and I were working together in 2016 in Ottawa, we would sit for hours talking philosophy, attitudes, vision, how we saw the game, our approach to managing, building a roster, philosophies on the various roles. Those conversations were crucial then because we always felt if we had a chance to work together one day, we would both relish that opportunity. We now get a chance to do this together. I'm excited to work with you, Brock, and thank you. Since I started coaching, I always dreamt of one day being a head coach. In the last few years, I wasn't sure if that would ever happen. It's, um, it's a little surreal right now, but I'm extremely humbled to follow in the footsteps of coaches like Pop Ivy, Hugh Campbell, and Ron Lancaster. Uh, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for Aurelia. My love, my wife, thank you for walking this journey with me side by side and your unwavering belief in me. You really are the true rock star of the family. You amaze me every day and I'm so thankful for you. I love you and Amelia more than words can ever describe. The three amigos are headed to Edmonton. I sure hope this isn't like the Academy Awards where you have a time limit. If I begin to see a teleprompter counting down, then I'll know I've spoken uh, too long. But to my mom and dad, Graciela and David, and my four sisters, Yvonne, Rebecca, Pat and Liz, you never let me stray from my vision, reminding me every day of what truly matters. Thank you. Your support, especially in these past few months, has been nothing short of amazing. Mom, thanks for texting me every day to say good morning. Just a heads up. Maybe a tad busier now than before, but I promise to get back to you. Uh, I'd also like to thank my wife's family for all the support, but a, a special thank you to my mother-in-law, Babusha. My wife's family comes from Poland, and she's been trying to get me to eat beets since we first met. That is one battle I refuse to lose. Um, I'm going to get emotional. I love my family dearly, and they're the reason why I am the person I am today. You know, when you're fortunate enough to have the opportunity to be considered as a head coach, you begin to reflect back on the journey and all the coaches that stood on the sideline next to you in previous battles. In those terrible days after losses and those amazing locker rooms after big wins. But in the middle of it all is the development. The long hours putting the game plans together. The long discussions over strategy, personnel, 
how we're teaching a certain technique or a certain concept. In this business, people invest in you and develop you. And thank you to all my mentors who believed in me and truly, truly saw the best in me and invested in it. It began in, in my first football job in high school with a coach by the name of Dan Perro. Ron Vanderlinden, who hired me at Maryland, he Mangurian taught me more football than anyone can ever imagine learning and has been my closest ally. Mark Tressman, who taught me the importance of details. And details in this league are often the difference between winning and losing. Ron Rivera, who takes my endless calls and has taken them ever since we first met 15 years ago. Rick Campbell, who taught me the importance of never getting too high or too low in this profession and from whom I learned the importance of empowering others and letting them do their job. To all the other coaches I've worked with, you have left an imprint on me and made me a better coach. Some had more influence than others, but I am grateful to have coached with every single one of you. I am better because of it. Manuel, Pete, Dennis, you know who you are. Thanks for being part of the inner circle. To all the players I've truly been blessed to coach thank you for helping really helping me become the coach that i want to be players teach us more about ourselves and i'm really excited not only to work with this group of men that brock and his team have assembled but to be reunited with some of those special relationships that i had in the past so to the fans and people of edmonton our goal is to put together a team you can be proud of stand next to and believe in and most important is reflective of the toughness, grit, and resilience that are the people of Edmonton. Everything we do is about us. What we accomplish will be a result of the work we put in together and everyone in this organization will play a part and be responsible for the success that we have achieved. In the end, I'm just a guy that loves football and everything that it stands for. And I know our staff and organization are made up of the same type of people. People who simply love this game. We cannot wait to get started. Last, but certainly not least, thank you, big fella, for blessing me and our family in so many ways. I hope the work we do makes you proud. I'm happy to answer any questions. All right, thank you, Jamie and Brock. Uh, let's go first to, I'll uh, take them in the order that uh, more or less that they're in here. Uh, bear with me. Let's go to our right shoulder first, Radio Right Shoulder in Edmonds, 630 Chet, go ahead. Morley Scott from 630 Chet, congratulations on the job. Just talk about uh, the last week and how it went for you between when you heard the opening was there and when you agreed to become the next head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. Yeah, thank you. Thank I appreciate the congratulations. Uh, Brock reached out early in the week. Um, you know, I saw that uh, uh, it was really a call uh, out of the, um, you know, ever since, just to be honest and transparent, ever since the uh, the blockage happened a year ago, I, you know, had kind of resolved myself to maybe this wasn't going to happen. Um, and uh, the last week has been, you know, intense. I'm, uh, uh, you know, but Brock has been great through the process. I couldn't have had a better advocate or a better uh, person working on my behalf. And, uh, but the process really started, you know, some point last week, and uh, it's just been um, been moving forward through, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Try right, let's uh, go to Ryan Rashog at TSN. Ryan? All right, thanks, Jamie. Can you hear me? 
Yes. Ryan, I got you. Uh, just wanted to ask about uh, the multiple roles that you'll be filling. Um, there's obviously there's a, a heavy workload there and just your thoughts on balancing all the, the three roles that you'll have and how you, you think you can make that work. Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, I think the, the one of the things that made this situation so attractive was, uh, you know, my previous relationships, not only working with uh, with uh, Winston uh, October and, and John McNeil, but also with Noel Thorpe. And I think that's a huge component to being able to having a comfort level of being able to step into a situation where you are going to wear multiple hats. Um, my trust in Winston and, and uh, you know, and the relationship that we began uh, to build in 2000. 18 uh, was fantastic. We had a terrific working relationship, and I'm going to rely on those guys significantly. You know, Nolan and I always talked about if we were in every situation uh, like this, um, you know, that uh, Noel would be the guy that I would absolutely rely on. I think he's the best in the CFL. Um, I think that uh, we had a tremendous amount of respect for each other, and just to have the comfort of knowing that that side of the ball. Um, is is in good hands and being taken care of also helps a little bit. So, I think there will be a balancing act. I think I'm a pretty organized guy, so I'll you know divvying up my time. I'll be in all three phases of the game. I think that's important as a head coach. Um, be able to step into a defensive meeting, to sit in on special teams, and obviously to have an impact on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, I think surrounding myself with good pieces and, uh, and the good coaches that we have in place is a great starting point. I don't think it hurts to have Trevor Harris as your quarterback, a guy that uh, uh, that you've worked with before and also is really a coach in the room as well. So um, I think those pieces will, will all help uh, pull this thing together. Thank you. Um, Adam Cook from uh, CTV Edmonton. Adam? Uh, thanks very much, Alan. Uh, congratulations, Jamie. Um, just a little bit more. You just mentioned him there, but I, how would you just kind of describe your relationship with uh, Trevor Harris? Yeah, good question. So um, Trevor and I, I think uh, very much like Brock and I are founded. Uh, we see the game and we see life very similarly. So I think Trevor's a very grounded person, doesn't get emotionally too high or too low, although there are emotional aspects to this game. And, um, you know, I think that's important. But I think, you know, the comfort level of being able to step in the room and and be one have a level of respect for each other, true. Two, have a level of communication that is honest, transparent, and you can speak your mind. And then three, and I think this is underrated, just enjoying being around each other. The person that you are is so important, and I think that those are the things that at least begin to form the threads of our relationship between Trevor and I. But I, I think that that component, um, you know, we did it as an offensive coordinator and uh, and quarterback. Now we just simply get to shift that role a little bit and try to set the culture, you know, as a head coach, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. And, and Trevor will be the first one that, that leads that charge. So I'm excited. I could not be more excited to be reunited with him. Thank you very much. A reminder to anyone and everyone, if you have another question, raise your hand. Glad to get you in here. Adam, your hand is still up. Ryan, is your hand still up? Great. 
Well, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, appreciate everybody's participation. Um, if you uh, have any additional questions or if you need some follow-up, uh, uh, please contact Clark. There you go. That is uh, the official announcement as uh, Jamie Elizondo becomes the new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club, the 23rd head coach of the club, Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, special coverage here on The Voice of Double E Football 630. Chad, uh, Dave, first impressions. Oh, a well-spoken individual, very down-to-earth individual. And um, I know he can be an intense individual from talking to a lot of people that have uh, worked with him and have covered him over the years. But uh, a vast knowledge of the game of football. Uh, he's been an offensive coordinator uh, for, uh, I believe, four seasons because uh, he was uh, 2016 and 2018 with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He actually had one stint as an offensive coordinator with the Toronto Argos back in 2010 and uh, working under Mark Tressman and also Scott Milanovic, who was the uh, former head coach of the Edmonton football team, doesn't hurt as well. So, And I think that's important in this hire, Morley, is uh, the fact that when you talk about the, the lineage of the scheme that is going to be uh, implemented here in Edmonton and that will be run by Trevor Harris, this hire is very important because things will change. I'm sure schemes will change a bit. Um, but I don't think it's going to be completely unfamiliar to uh, Trevor Harris, who's obviously worked with Jamie for uh, a while, three years in Ottawa, and then prior to that with the, uh, with, with the uh, Toronto Argos. All right, uh, Jamie Elizondo still speaking at his news conference right now. It's always going to be based on the talent in the room and fitting you know, the, the pieces of the puzzle to what the talent on the field is and having that flexibility in your system to be able to do that. And I think that is the most important thing, regardless of, uh, you know, where, where, where the system originates or where it comes from. And for you and your coaching staff, how much work do you guys have ahead of you? And, and does it have to be work? Do you have to work at a pretty fast pace? Yeah, good, great question. So I, th I think given the timeline and the nature of this, these things usually happen in November, December. So uh, yes, I think that there's, there's a lot of work to be done. We're going to prepare like we're playing in May. And we'll be ready for that. Um, that being said, I think that all those factors that made this job so appealing and all the pieces that are in place will ease that transition. So it may not be the same scenario, Courtney, as somebody coming in and, you know, uh, to a brand new situation, uh, you know, on February 1st, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit different, but we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Adam uh, Cook from CTV. I see your hand is still up. You're welcome to ask another question if you like. Yes, sir. Thank you, Alan. Uh, Brock, just given what's kind of transpired here in the, over the last week, when you look at it now, is this kind of, is this the, the best case scenario that maybe you didn't see coming? Yeah, I think so. I, mean, I don't think it's ever ideal to have a head coach that you spend a year with uh, resign at the time it did, but certainly... As I mentioned before in my opening statement, Jamie was the first person I'd reached out to when we had a vacancy in 20, 2019. And as he had alluded to, we've worked together before. So uh, we know what we believe in, how to build a team, what the culture should be. Um, he talked about this with Trevor. We enjoy working with each other. We enjoy being around each other. So it, it's going to be a very seamless fit in our opinion. Uh, I'm excited that he was available and we didn't have to ask for permission this time. I'm sure he's happy about that as well. So, yeah, under all the circumstances that have happened, uh, excited to have Jamie here. I think it's a great fit and really happy to get to work and roll our sleeves up and uh, absolutely feel we have the right guy at the right time. Thank you. 
Uh, Ryan Rashog. Hey, Brock. A similar question to what I, I posed to Jamie, just about the, the multiple roles that he'll be taking. Would would that have been the case with any head coach that you hired, or was there something in his, his skill set um, that you recognize makes him capable of handling this much? No, it wouldn't have been with every potential candidate. It depends what side of the ball and, and what their skill set is. So you hit the nail on the head there is that having worked with Jamie and understanding what he can do and also what his approach is going to be. You know, he continuously uses the word us and we, and it is going to be that approach. When you're doing three different duties and two of them are head coach and offensive coordinator, you have a full plate as it is. One of those roles alone are very time consuming, but his plan and his approach of how he's going to monitor and be in touch with all three phases being able to sit in defensive meetings and special teams meetings um you know when he and i discussed this last week early in the week about the role and what it would entail and how his approach is it, it immediately put my mind at ease that he's more than capable of handling that and uh that's why he's the one here's the head coach of our team right now all right thank you all thank you all very much um Appreciate everyone's participation. Jamie Elizondo is the new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. You're listening to live coverage uh, on 6.30. Chid Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with the new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club, Jamie Elizondo. We'll also talk with General Manager and Vice President of Football Operations, Brock Sunderland, as well. It's 11.20. You're listening to 6.30. Chid. Jamie Elizondo is the new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. Morley Scott, along with Dave Campbell, and Jamie Elizondo, who joins us now on the telephone now. Uh, new head coach, Jamie, how does that sound to you? Hey, Morley, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, it's, it sounds great. Uh, it's a still a little surreal, but, uh, you know, it happened so quickly. And uh, But uh, it, it's exciting, and it's something you work so hard for. And uh, I'm just blessed to... Uh, have this opportunity and uh, it's time to get to work something you worked so hard for i think your story is well known after coaching for a lot of years uh the story is you got denied an opportunity to talk to saskatchewan a couple of years ago then you got denied an opportunity to talk to edmonton uh, after the 2019 season uh you've been a patient man waiting for this to come around yeah, you know, Morley. It's uh, and sometimes you just sit back and say you you, you begin to wonder if uh, if that opportunity is ever going to present itself. And I think uh, for me, the last six months, uh, you know, were a little bit of soul searching, and I was able to grow in different different areas. But uh, you know, right now, my focus is is moving forward and and helping helping put the best organization and the best football team on the field that we possibly can. And uh, I'm excited to do that and excited for the opportunity. Hey Jamie, it's uh, Dave Campbell here. Uh, congratulations on the on the hire. Nice to see you're going to be in the colors of green and gold. Hey Dave, I appreciate that. I hope uh, uh, green has always been my favorite color. If I'm being brutally honest, so uh, that, that's a positive. <laughs> All right, you get a you get a big you get a big check mark for that answer for sure. But uh, yeah, tell me about what were you doing a week ago before Brock Sunderland, uh, as you said, called you out of the blue and say, "Hey, I have a." opportunity perhaps you might be interested in yeah dave i I appreciate the question you know when uh when the xfl folded um there was a little bit of a of a thought process of you know what what morley alluded to you know uh, i'd been denied two opportunities and uh so my background before i started coaching i actually finished my law degree and uh, i spent a lot of time on tax law and securities and so one of the 
one of the transitions I made was I, I trans, transitioned over to the financial advisor uh, section. Um, I was working for a great company down in the United States. And for me, though, it was still the reason I did that is because two, two things that really mattered to me in coaching, right, was the ability to help people and impact people's lives and change the trajectory of their lives. Um, and then obviously the teaching and coaching component, right? Um, and I think that job and what I was doing, uh, I was just coaching a different subject matter, if you can think of it that way. But um, I was blessed to have learned a great deal. Um, in, in, but uh, the universe has a way of telling you, hey, this is not where you belong. This is where you belong. And I don't think that uh, for lack of um, pun intended, the stars couldn't have aligned any better with this. So uh, did I wake up last week expecting this to happen? Not a chance, uh, but I'm thrilled that it has. And uh, um, I'm pretty much a forward looking guy. I try to learn from the past, but, but not, not dwell on it. So, uh, and there's a lot of uh, work to be done. So I'm excited and uh, ready to go. One uh, one phrase that has been used to describe you is you're an X's and O's coach, and I know that that's a, a phrase that's thrown around in football. Can you explain what an X's and, co- X's and O's coach is? Yeah, good question. Um, I think when I think one of the beautiful parts of the CFL and the Canadian Football League in the game itself is that you can be extremely creative schematically, um, and I think that always trying to be on the cutting edge of being innovative, but being simple is always a balance. So, you know, it's always a, a compliment when somebody refers to you as an X's and O's coach, because they, they're, I guess, attesting to your football acumen, your knowledge. I think that's such an important part of the game because the game has evolved so much with technology and video that everybody can see what everybody else is doing. So continuing to be on the cusp of, of being creative uh, in the X no world. I think that's one component. And I think the other component is the teaching component. This game is still about fundamentals and, you know, being precise on the fundamentals and what you're asking guys to do, where they put their hand uh, on this play, you know, when they block the guy this way, where, where their eyes should be. All those things are part of the X's and O's. And I think that's half of the game. I think the other half of the game is relationship building and really getting to know the people that you and caring about the people that you are surrounding yourself with both as players and as coaches. So um, I never want to be just an X and O guy and I never want to be just a relationship guy. I think you got to strike the balance between the two because the two are vitally important. We're talking with Jamie Elizondo, the new head coach of the Edmonton football club. Uh, Jamie, I want to go back to Dave's first question. Uh, were you thinking about getting out of coaching then by the description of what you were doing uh, uh, in the last few months with going back and getting your law degree and uh, finishing your law degree and everything else? Uh, had you kind of put coaching in the rearview mirror? I don't know that if you can ever put coaching in, in the rearview mirror when it's in your blood, but I think for me it was, um, you know, my wife and I talked a great deal about this. What what avenue would provide us the not only the greatest growing opportunity um, and from a knowledge perspective, but would also provide a different avenue if if football was done for us. So um, no, I don't I don't know that I ever believed that football was done for me. Um, I just didn't know exactly in a COVID world 
what the landscape was going to look like. So we made the best decision, and it was a great decision. Uh, it grew me as a person. It grew me as a knowledge. But, um, uh, again, I'll just go back to I, I think this is where I'm meant to be and, and uh, thankful for the opportunity and, and excited. I know uh, you've studied the depth chart, I'm sure, already. You know a lot about uh, Trevor Harris. You know a lot about Greg Ellingson. Uh, everybody knows about uh, Darrell Walker. Uh, throw in Armani Edwards in there as well. How excited, as an offensive guy, whether you're a relationship guy or an X's and O's guy, how excited do you get looking at the weapons you have to work with to design this offense? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I think Brock has done a great job of putting this team together and with those names and those pieces. And, and there's a lot of other surrounding parts that are important in that process, right? And um, as as good as you need to be on the skill side, you need to be equally good on the uh, offensive line and up front. And I know we're working to, to continue to build that. I think that those guys never get the credit that they that they deserve. But I think that's where it all starts. If you have to fundamentally protect the quarterback um and because defensively you know one of the three vision points for us is we always want to cause fear um cause turnovers and you know cause pressure on the quarterback right so i think we're always looking for that so on the flip side of it offensively those skill guys are extremely important but they're only going to be as good as uh, what we are up front all right, you've waited a long time for this opportunity. What's what's the first thing you're going to do as as head coach? Uh, what's first on your agenda on and on your to do list? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. So I think uh, you know the first step is Brock and I. Brock has told me, listen, enjoy today, and um, you know, counseling from other mentors. They said just take it in today. Uh, this, this isn't something that is a light accomplishment. Um, so I might actually listen to him. Might actually just pause and, and enjoy the day and thank the people I need to thank. But uh, um, you know, we're going to address the first thing we'll do is address where we are with free agency with Brock and get a better feel for roster and what uh, what he's trying to do um, in that regard. And then the second thing is, you know, I'm going to reach out and to the players and introduce myself. I think that's the most important thing that they begin to hear from me. Um, and uh, those, those will be the first two things. But there's there's a long list uh, behind that, fellas, of, of things that uh, that have to get done. So um, that's when you step into this role. That's part of a uh, part of the part of the gig. Now, usually a, a head coach would like to pick their staff, but considering the timing, that's probably uh, it's probably not a good uh, a good a good uh, way to go. And considering the f- current financial climate with the league, but when I look at this coaching staff. Uh, and you mentioned it during your for your formal uh, part of your uh, of the news conference introducing you. There's a lot of coaches on this staff that you have worked with before and you know very well. Yeah, Dave, and it, you know I think you know Rick was Rick Campbell was such a such a good influence on me and uh, gave me a lot of leeway in 2018 with the selection you know of the staff and uh, you know was was great in that process. So to be able to say that. I'm going to be working with Winston October, who I think is one of the most detailed uh, coaches out there. Um, uh, you know, approach it, obviously a former player and his perspective on the, on that front is, was invaluable, invaluable to me in 2018. I think McDonnell, um, John McDonnell does such a good job in, in, in finding that balance between pushing players and correcting them. I think he's done a great job in his time up here in the CFL. So to be reunited with those two guys, fantastic. Couldn't step into a better situation. 
And like I mentioned, you know, in the press conference, um, Noel and I, you know, I think I think uh, Noel is a future head coach in the making. There is no doubt about that. And um, I told him when he came to us uh, from Montreal and Ottawa, I said, God, I hated playing you every year. I hated playing you more than anybody else. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, so to, to be able to uh, to have him on the uh, on the same side instead of the other side, I, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't be more happy, and uh, you know he's going to be my right hand man because I'm going to lean on him and his knowledge as well. So uh, I feel truly blessed in in that regard to have those those uh, those guys uh, on board and 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 staying on board. Well, Jamie, you said green's your favorite color. I'm glad you got the right shade of green uh, for your favorite color now as uh, as the new head coach of uh, the green and gold. And I hope however you celebrate tonight and whatever you're eating, I hope there's no beets on the plate for you. Uh, thanks for your time and congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Morley. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jamie. The new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club, uh, Jamie Elizondo. Uh, Dave, pretty impressive uh, to hear a guy who's obviously been waiting a long time uh, to get this position to uh, step in. And, uh, man, he hit all the high notes today. He, he said and thanked all the right people and said all the right things yeah. on day one. That's all you can ask from a guy on day one is to say the right things. And uh, he certainly did that and passed the first test. You know, all I can think about is uh, just how far this is uh, this progression has been for him in the last two years. And, and he was denied an opportunity to go interview to be the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. He was denied an opportunity to do the same here when Jason Moss was let go after the 2019 season. Uh, I, I think you have it on your on your on your desk wall uh still if i'm if because we haven't been there in what 10 and a half months but uh the ottawa red blacks had about the tersest uh uh, press release announcing that jamie elizondo went rogue and left around what uh march april uh to go to the uh xfl or maybe it was a little bit sooner than that i don't know but uh and join mark tresman staff in tampa bay i mean it was about the most scathing first line i'll ever i've ever seen from a press release from a sports organization just turfing or not turfing but absolutely lynching the guy that left it was it was a a very nasty line like uh, jamie elizondo has just uh disappointed our organization and our fans by leaving something like that it was crazy um so he I coaches the in the headline was i believe the headline was uh, elizondo quits on red blacks yeah that's the one <laughs> that's the one terrible and, and goes to the xfl uh didn't go very well i don't believe mark trespass teams were in tampa bay I, I think they really struggled i don't know if they won a game before uh covid hit and then covid hits and you heard what he was doing over the last uh almost year so to see his journey and to stay faithful in what he wants wanted to ultimately do and this is a great story um and i think uh, he checks a lot of the boxes that you need right now uh in a coach in a time where, you know, whenever we're going to play here, um, it's going to be a lot of hard work just to get back into the swing of things with the roster and with, uh, with you know, your your practices and your and your game schedule and, and things of that nature. And uh, he's been around some great coaches. I mean, he, he name-dropped a couple good ones there and Rick Campbell and, and Ron Rivera from the NFL. Uh, so those are two great coaches to learn from. So I'm really impressed with Jamie. 
All right. Uh, we're going to talk with the man who hired Jimmy Elizondo, uh, and that is uh, General Manager and Vice President of Football Operations, Brock Sundlin. And we continue. Uh, you're listening to live coverage of the E football team's uh, announcement that Jimmy Elizondo is the 23rd head coach in franchise history. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. We've got more when we return on 630 Chet. Jimmy Elizondo is the new head coach of the Edmonton Football Club. Uh, live coverage here on 630 Chet, the voice of E football in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to sp- speak with General Manager Brock Sunderland coming up in just a moment. Uh, Dave, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Elizondo does with the weapons he has, as we talked to him about. I mean, uh, and he is, uh, he was very quick to say it, it's not just the weapons, it's everybody else on offense, but man, he's got a lot to work with. Yeah, he does. Uh, with uh, with Greg Ellingson coming back, that that was so huge, Marley, because as good as Darrell Walker is, and you and I know, and, and a lot of people know out there listening, uh, they know how good Darrell Walker is, but to have that, I would call it more 1-1-A uh, combination, and then behind uh, those individuals, there's uh, there's some good ones in in, in Armani Edwards and and Devon Smith and Rodney and uh, Rodney uh, Smith and and Jimmy Ralph and then you look at the running back situation. That'll be interesting to see where Brock Sunderland goes with the running backs. I mean, they do have Terry Williams on the roster, but I would think they want a bit more depth there. But uh, you look at Jamie Elizondo's pedigree, and he's worked with talented receivers. With the uh, and a talented offense with the Montreal Alouettes, you know the likes of Ben Cahoon and Kerry Watkins, and and of course Anthony Calvillo, and then most recently with the Ottawa Red Blacks. I mean, he was on the squad that had four 1,000-yard receivers, and that included uh, that included uh, uh, Greg Ellingson not too long ago in Ottawa. And and I think the uh, the amount of weapons that he's going to have at his disposal. Uh, is going to be a lot of fun, and that he knows the quarterback, and that that's something I think that that is really key here as well, and 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 I, I think it's important when you're coming off a, a COVID year going into 2021, whenever the season starts, is that you have that cohesion already with the with the quarterback you're working with, and with the other offensive pieces, Greg Ellingson, and it won't take much for him to. Uh, you know, have a feel for Darrell Walker, I think, as well. So uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, what this offense could do on the field. All right. Uh, we are joined now by General Manager and Vice President of Football Operations uh, for the Edmonton Football Club, Brock Sunderland, joins us. Uh, Brock, uh, thanks for this, and uh, appreciate your time as always. I imagine, I don't know if it's a sigh of relief, but it, it's kind of, I believe, has worked out the way a week ago you probably thought you'd like it to see work out. Yeah, happy to have it done and, and anxious just to get to work and get Jamie acclimated to uh, you know the other coaches and what was had been worked on previously in meetings and everything. So, uh, as I'd mentioned, certainly not an ideal scenario, but happy with the result. Thrilled to be working with Jamie. And again, he was the person that I contacted immediately in 2019 was there, there was a vacancy. And again, this time around when it happened, same thing. He was the, the first person I called. Brock, tell me about Jamie Elizondo to you, what attracts him to you as a head coach and what his strong suits are as a head coach or will be as a head coach. Uh, well, the biggest thing is I, I love his approach and philosophy on culture and what it takes to build a, a winning program, not just a successful season where it's a successful team, but a program for sustained sec- success and uh, the importance of people and, and how it all fits into it as opposed to just coaches or talented players. Uh, so that's the, the number one thing. And as he mentioned during the press conference, uh, we spent an entire year together sitting next to each other on planes, eating meals together, uh, both home and certainly at away games. So we know each other extremely well. 
And as a play caller, I think his resume speaks for itself. I mean, two great cups in three years with two different quarterbacks. Um, uh, very prolific team in 17 that didn't go to the great cup, but they were successful in offense. And then he goes to the XFL. And as soon as he takes over play calling duties, they immediately average 29 points a game. So uh, with all his play calling ability, his, his proven success in this league, and as I've mentioned before, the one prerequisite I had for this coaching search, excuse me, was that that the person have you know, intimate knowledge of this league, and he certainly has that. So when you combine all of those factors, uh, he was the, the perfect candidate, in my opinion. You, you said, Brock, you reached out to Jamie right away. What was it? Was Jamie in the front of your brain uh, all along in this in this coaching search? Yeah, Jamie. Again, he was he was even in the previous one in 2019. Had we yeah. been granted permission, it would have been Jamie's job to lose. So, uh, yeah, he absolutely was the the first person I thought of, and uh, for all the reasons that. I think people can piece together with in in Ottawa. He hired John McDonnell and Winston October. Well, we hired them here because Jamie recommended them to Scott. He and Noel work extremely well together, have a great relationship. I've worked with Jamie. He and I are very good friends. We see things very much alike. Obviously, the relationship with him and Trevor and Greg Ellingson, um, it was, you know, frankly, a bit of a no brainer. So I'm wondering here, uh, and I think, I remember last week we asked you about the timing. You said, I'm not going to hold myself to a timeline. That being said, great job doing this eight days before free agency begins, because I think that's pretty important. But tell me about that process, about you're you're trying to make a plan heading into free agency, which does include resigning your players, which you did uh, a tremendous job with uh, in late December into January. But you're working with one head coach in Scott Milanovic, and now uh, he's no longer your head coach you bring in Jamie Elizondo and you say you have a great relationship what's that like that you're working on a plan with one coach and now you have a new coach but you know when you look at the timeline you're kind of far along that timeline what can Jamie do now in the process getting ready uh, for free agency to to assist you and to really pick his brain about uh, you know what he sees as talent and, and roster for for your football team yeah, it's certainly a unique scenario where you're right about that. Scott and I spoke at length, as did with the rest of the staff, about what we were building roster-wise and why we'll sign one player and potentially not sign others and all the reasons that go behind that. Uh, but again, it goes back to relationships and uh, the conversations I've had with Jamie already about, hey, here's here's the wheels that are in motion. This is why. He immediately understood why, and you know, he and I have talked about building rosters and, and being in the roles that we are in now for years. Uh, so once once it happened officially, uh, it was like it had been going on for four or five years. So the transition is very easy. He understands where we're going, understands why. There'll certainly be a lot more detailed discussions now. It's been for him a whirlwind of a week. You know, you go from last Monday, he's working in the financial industry in San Diego all of a sudden now he's in Ottawa as a head coach of a franchise. It happened very quickly. So I think, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but he's probably digesting this a bit. Um, and we're going to start heating up the conversations about specific positions and free agent plans and all those moves uh, now that the press conference is over uh, here very shortly. Uh, one last one, Brock, uh, uh, not really to, to change the subject too much. We we're just talking about free agency. Uh, what's your anticipation going into next week when free agency opens up? Uh, I, you've, you've obviously done a, a terrific job of signing a lot of guys already. Uh, do you expect to be active next week? 
Yeah, we'll be active. It's, again, it's not going to be like 2019 where there's you know 12 players from different places coming in. We're going to, if there's someone out there that we feel can upgrade us, we'll be aggressive. And, and I, that's always been my approach is if you think there's a piece or pieces that can help us attain our goal of winning a Grey Cup, we're going to go after it as, as hard as we can. We're pretty happy with what we've done so far. I think we have a a good, talented group on both sides of the ball. There's a couple more pieces, uh, one or two more key cogs that we're in discussions with right now uh, amongst ourselves. And, you know, whether those come to fruition or not, we'll see. It has to be a fit for, for the players, the amount of money that fits in the cap, and all parties involved. But I, I don't... I, anticipate us being extremely aggressive but it's a unique year and you just don't know who officially is going to be out there either so um, as with 2020 and certainly into the beginning of 2021 um, it's unorthodox and I I guess that makes sense with the state of the world right now. Brock Sunderland thanks for your time I appreciate it congratulations on uh, getting this done in short order and uh, as always thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me guys appreciate it talk soon. Thanks Brock. Thanks, VP of Football Operations for the Edmonton Football Club, Brock Sunderland, on the hiring of head coach Jamie Elizondo. Morley Scott along with Dave Campbell. More when we come back on 630 Chet. Oh, man, I don't know about you, but it is so cool to be talking CFL football, Edmonton Football Club football. Uh, what a couple of weeks it's it's really been around uh, Edmonton and around the Canadian Football League. Morley along with uh, Dave Campbell here. Uh, Dave, uh, I guess the next step is to cross our fingers and hope uh, everybody gets on the field and we, we play some games, but I think uh, the Eminent Football Club uh, in the last couple of weeks and, of course, today, after a setback a week ago, today have got themselves back on track for the new year. Yeah, I think so, and uh, the, the timing's never good when you're uh, two weeks out to free agency and, and you lose your head coach, and and I think for Brock Sunderland to rectify this within, a, or I guess a week later, I think that's really key, Morley, because I don't, I don't think you want this hanging... Uh, out there too much. I I think, you know, even though he said he doesn't plan on being overly aggressive when free agency opens, um, you still would like to have that head coach in place. And, you know, I know there's, there's a lot of uh, attention paid to, well, you know, he's, he picked the guy he worked with before in, in his previous, uh, his previous job in Ottawa in the CFL. you, You see that a lot. I mean, we saw Chris Jones take a lot of you know, members of the Edmonton football team to, to the riders. We saw Ed Hervey when he left uh, or when he became the BC Lions GM, he signed a lot of uh, Edmonton football team ex players and, and coaches as well. Um, it happens. It's a small league. Networking is very important in sports. And in the CFL, it's really important because it's a, it's just a nine team league. Right. So um, I think to have this, put to bed for Brock Sunderland is key. And uh, probably the biggest dead giveaway of all was on Saturday when Greg Ellingson resigned. And I, I think that's, that was pretty much an indication that uh, Greg Ellingson knew who his head coach was going to be for, for the 2021 season. So uh, to get this done eight days before free agency, it, it's huge for Brock Sunderland. One of the first things I thought of, Dave, when it was announced that uh, Scott Milanovic was not going to be the coach moving forward uh, was how excited uh, Trevor Harris was to have Milanovic on board as his coach when it was announced a uh, a year ago. Uh, I think, again, going from from Jason Moss to Scott Milanovic was the right move and and maybe the only move that would that would, you know, keep the quarterback happy. Now they've uh, appear to have done the same thing with the move from Milanovic to Elizondo, another guy that uh, that 
Harris knows very well and has had some great success with, particularly in 2018 when he threw for over 5,000 yards and 22 touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's key. You know, he's worked directly with his head coach, who was his offensive coordinator with the Red Blacks from 2016 to 18. And in 2016, we saw Trevor Harris play some games and start some games and play very well in those games, uh, even though Henry Burris was the uh, starting quarterback and he had some injury issues that year. And, and Trevor Harris overall came in and played very well. 2017, he took a, another step. 2018, I thought he was a, you know, I think Trevor Harris arrived as a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. So, uh, I think to go back to the coordinator that gave you the most success, I think that's very exciting and very important for your starting quarterback. And when you're hiring a head coach, you have to factor in uh, who your starting quarterback is. And some starting quarterbacks, you're like, whatever, you know. I mean, I think Mike Riley is a water off a duck's back kind of thing. You can work with anybody. But I think with Trevor Harris, it's very important to have someone that he has familiarity with and that can run this, a similar scheme that he is used to over his career. All right, Dave, thanks for this. Uh, look forward to seeing you sometime down the road, hopefully. Same here, buddy. All right. Hopefully it's before we hit the Commonwealth Stadium for the first time in 2021. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks Dave. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening. Uh, it's been special coverage uh, of the Edmonton Football Club's hiring of Jamie Elizondo as the new head coach, the 23rd head coach in franchise history. He spent uh, last season in the XFL, three seasons before that as the offensive coordinator for the Ottawa Red Blacks, went to two great cups and won one of them in that stretch. Uh, Jamie Elizondo, the new head coach of the Double E Football Team. Team. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great afternoon.